Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes, hmm? I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> You're gonna end up fighting every elected official in this country. I'm sure you don't really mean that, Lois. I don't believe this. Lois? Hmm? I never lie. Good evening, and welcome to television. I'm Owen Stellini. I'm a Philip Hunzing. And I'm an Ashley Hall. And welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. That's right, Ashley. Gentlemen, we have a special guest today. <gasps> oh! Welcome, Kendall! Yay! It is the Kendall Richardson! Hey, Kendall! Hello. Welcome to Fred Watch. Thank you for having me. Hey, so we'll try to make you as welcome and as comfortable as possible. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Perfect. <laughs> so, Ash, what have you been watching since our last podcast? Ah, I've been watching lots of stuff, actually. Yeah, what was, what, um, what was the one highlight? The one highlight was this weird, funny movie called Take the Ten. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's about nothing. <laughs> As in Seinfeld nothing or nothing? No, not nothing. Seinfeld nothing. It's just like, I can't find the point to this movie, but I love it nonetheless. <laughs> It's um, Tony Revolori. Uh, you might remember oh. him as Flash from Flash Thompson from uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Homecoming. Yes. and Josh Peck. If you don't know who he is, <gasps> oh Josh Peck, he no. got dreamy. He did. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who he is. Oh, <laughs> is that bad? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Podcast over. No. <laughs> <laughs> now we need to do another Fred watch for yes. Drake and Josh. Drake yeah. and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so it was nothing but fun. Nothing but f- it was fun. It was funny. It was great. It was. It kept your grip the whole time. It was. Constant Constantly moving, yeah. like um, yeah, it was it was very good, very good. It was about these two kids. They get into a lot of trouble, and they just keep getting further and further into trouble. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Kendall? What have you been watching lately that's been of interest to you? Um, well, I decided uh, to revisit Crimson Peak as I oh. I want to do um, yeah. once once a year or so because it's like one of my favorite movies ever. So I mm. I had a night, and I had a, had a drink, and sat down and got my gothic romance on. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. lovely, yeah. So Ooh, girl, um, yeah, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, so. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro film. Okay. Um, based on about uh, like a heroine who's like, you know, she's a writer and she's a very independent woman, and then she meets this tall, dark, and handsome stranger played by Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. Of course. Yes. Um, and there's a bit more to him that meets the eye, and he has a sinister sister who's a bit weird, but played by Jessica Chastain, and she's she's excellent in that movie. Very unhinged performance, and yeah, she she gets whisked away to uh, Mia Wasikowska. I should say plays Edith the heroine and uh, she gets whisked away to their crumbling mansion Ooh. in Cumberland, England and Ooh. it's called Crimson Peak because it's a big house sitting on clay, red clay mines oh. and then when it snows the red clay seeps up through the it looks like blood footsteps wow. of blood and it's it's go- go- absolutely gorgeous yeah it sounds amazing I, it's a really really good film um, yeah. yes and there's ghosts in there as, as well and, it's, wow. and did you I say it was it. Guillermo del Toro? Guillermo del Toro oh, yes yeah. Oscar winning so director now so we're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're please. Sold. I, we're would sold. Rec- I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely film. Very, very good. Yeah, brilliant. And Philip, how about yourself? What have well, you been watching? Well, seeing as it's heading into um, the Christmas period, I have started my Christmas tradition. So you guys will learn that come December... I just start watching Christmas movies. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Yeah. So what's your favourite Christmas movie? My favourite Christmas movie of all time is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Woo! 
absolutely love it. Hilarious uh, retelling of um, Charles Dickens's. It's great. (laughs) It's probably my favorite take on that story. Yeah, the Scrooge story. Mm. Well, Muppets Um, tend to make movies better, don't they? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) as a general rule. Everything's better with Muppets. Yeah. And Wayne, what have you been watching? Yes. Well, actually. I'm going to cheat and talk about two films that I've seen. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Well, there's one that I particularly just want to mention because I watched it after a recommendation from you, Kendall. Oh, yay! Yay! So I followed up on one of your many recommendations to me. Oh, good. Yes, so I saw the film Snowpiercer. Ah. Yes, okay. which is a great dystopian yeah, yeah, or futuristic yeah. film about a train that's running on perpetual motion. and. Yes. Humanity is essentially just consolidated onto that train. It's one of probably more interesting and gripping films I think I've seen in yeah, terms of yeah. futuristic actions and yeah. dystopians and the um, underclass mm. rising up against the dictatorship. But it's confined on a train. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great message movie. Yeah. It like, feels like a video game the whole time. Yeah, it's pretty good, you know. Probably, no pun intended, runs out of steam a little bit. In the <laughs> 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 But no, but it was a lot of fun, and I've been actually recommending it to other people as well. Ah. That is, that's a really interesting and fascinating film. Yeah, it's always great to see Korean cinema, which mm. is good, I think. Mm. Yes, and Chris Evans. And Chris Evans, yeah. yes. yes. <laughs> always helps. Yeah, and another film that I saw just recently was Spice World. <laughs> movie. So I revisited the Spice oh my Girls God. movie. I have been meaning to. They just re-released it on DVD. Yes. So I've been, I haven't had a chance to sit down and do it. Yeah, that's right. It's around yeah. the anniversary and it's the first time I've seen it in about 20 years. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. It'll probably be the last time I see it for about 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> oh, come on. No, it's a, it's a lot of fun and it is just essentially a series of sketches. It's a nonsensical yeah. film. Yeah. But it's fun. They're really engaging and they've got that anarchaic attitude about them, which is always really good. I was watching it with my brother and afterwards I, I asked him, I was like, oh, you know, what do you, what did you think of the film? Because again, he hadn't seen it in decades. And he said, oh, a few scenes were sort of in there that were unnecessary. And I said, well, you know, they needed to stretch it out to 89 minutes. It's mm. the thinnest of plot already. Yeah. And yeah. he just sort of turns to me and he goes, look... They go for a piss and then there's aliens. And I'm just like, it <laughs> kind of summarizes the whole Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love the bus. The bus is great. Yeah, it's, it's like so a bus cool. on the outside and you go in and it's like a mansion. Well, yeah, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a bus version of the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just all the little sections and there's a fireman's pole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Yeah. I love it so much. And Meatloaf is the bus. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so that that was a bit of fun, so I had to throw that in there. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Oh, so Wayne, what's our film for today? Well, today we're reviewing Superman. Ooh. Yay. Please explain. In a bit to save his only child from the inevitable demise of the planet Krypton, scientist Jor-El, Marlon Brando, sends his infant son Kal-El to Earth, where he is discovered and raised as Clark Kent by Jonathan and Martha, Glenn Ford and Phyllis Thaxter, in the rural town of Smallville. However, upon reaching adulthood, Clark, Jeff East, realises he has to fulfil a greater purpose, discovering his Kryptonic heritage in the Fortress of Solitude and, now portrayed by Christopher Reeve, ultimately works as a reporter for the Daily Planet in Metropolis, where he is smitten by feisty colleague Lois Lane, Margot Kidder. When Lois is involved in a helicopter accident one evening, Clark reveals his powers for the first time, wearing a distinctive blue and red suit that features the House of L family crest. 
The arrival of this Superman captivates and intrigues the public, including criminal mastermind Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman, who is planning an ambitious real estate grab at the cost of millions of lives. Equally ambitious was the production of Superman itself, which was plagued with problems and conflicts. At the heart of the film, and referenced in its tagline, was making audiences accept the fantasy of flight. So, Ashley, did you believe that a man could fly? Not before this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so what are your thoughts of Superman? I thought it was an amazing movie. Kept me gripped the whole time. A few little giggles here and there, because let's be honest, it was 1978. Yeah. (laughs) There's a few things. Um, But yeah, for the most part, an amazing film. I couldn't have done that much better with Superman, in my opinion. It's a very hard character to make a movie about. Yeah. But it did come out in a time when... Movies were all fantasy sort of things. The public was a little bit more susceptible to um, things like this, uh, to subject matters like this. Yeah. And so, Ash, you had mentioned last time that this was a film that you'd watched in your childhood. Yeah, I watched it in my childhood. Yeah, and it had been a while since you've seen it. So, linking it to those childhood memories and maybe a bit of nostalgia, how did it hold up for you? Very well. Yeah. Very, very well. So, Kendall... Usually yes. a fan of Marvel films. Yes. <laughs> How did you feel about Superman? How do I feel about Superman? Well, um, it's so funny because this was probably, for me, the first superhero movie I ever saw yes, I as a kid. And it holds a very special place in my heart. And it's still one of my favorites that I return to. Like, I only watched this the last time probably maybe three or four years ago, yeah. I think. Which is a while, but like... Yeah, more recent than Ash. Um, (laughs) I just really appreciate this movie because it was something that I watched so much when I was a kid and Mm -hmm. really adored. And Christopher Reeve is just exceptional in this role and I love him. And there's so many cool things about this movie. It's a very well done film, like for all its little faults that it has, because it does have them. They're not many, but there's a few. I feel like comparing it to what DC have done recently. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. <laughs> I don't want to hit some nerves. Yeah. No, no, no. They're going to boot me out. Boot me out of this podcast before I start. My... No, no. But like, I, I feel like it's. I don't know. It's a good. It's a good telling of a good story. Yeah. They do it in a really. I mean, it's pacing's a bit. You know, some it can be slow in parts, but it's still it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's cohesive. It runs through, and it's just a lot of fun. And what Superman should be. Yeah. And so. Philip, this was a film that, again, last time you had said you'd seen in parts, but never from beginning to end in mm. one sitting. So, especially now with, I guess, out the nostalgia mm. that Kendall, Ash and myself have linked to it and comparing it to a slew of <laughs> superhero movies, yeah. uh, which obviously have, you know, bigger budgets, um, yes. Stronger star power, more intricate storylines, mm. better technology, clearly. Not yeah. so groundbreaking as it was back then. Yeah. Philip, how did you find this film? I am a little bit torn, to be honest. Mm. As a general whole, absolutely fantastic movie, and this is how I feel superhero movies should be done. Yeah. On the other hand, though, I can see where the cliches were invented. Mm. Yes. Yep. And... You're right, it was slow in parts. I want to go even further and say there were too many slow parts. Mm. It'd be interesting to see. So when you're saying that there's like two other versions of this, I'd really like to see them because there were some parts which I feel weren't explained well enough. So on a podcast called Fred, I've talked about how Marvel have done their series, their universe correctly because Mm -hmm. they slowly introduced things. Mm. This, 
sort of did that, but then didn't do enough, mm. I feel. And I, I think we'll get into it a bit later. But I honestly feel there are certain bits of this that were so good mm. that it's exactly what a superhero movie should be. Mm-hmm. And then so bad that... Mm we really did not need this. Yeah. And this is looking from a contemporary view. Absolutely. Because I also understand fully that 1978 yes. was a different time. There weren't as many superhero movies, if any. Well, um, I mean, this was probably more the first of its kind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking away the serials of the yeah. black and white yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest superhero at the time was Batman. Batman. Yeah. And that was Adam West's Batman, Correct. 1966 yes. to 68. Yeah. That film came out in 1966, already like 12 years mm. <laughs> yeah. prior. And it set the standard for comic book films, which then also impacted how comic books themselves were worked, written yeah. and worked and were published. So it was this cartoony and campy yes. outlook. Because, hey, it's for children. Yeah. You know, yes... You can throw a bit of adult humour in there, but it has to be very bright and colourful. Mm. So what Superman did in 1978 was it reset the way that comic book movies yeah. were made. And right. it did set a new standard. So it told an origin. It took its time. It wanted yeah. to delve so, into the character. So with that, I feel what I may be saying more so then is that whilst it's very good for its era... Mm. I personally don't think the story as a whole, or the movie as a whole, mm. I should say, has aged as well as people think it has. Oh, okay. That's just me personally. Yeah. But again, I, I'll get into the specifics of that soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of superhero stories under your belt mm. to mm. compare it to. Yes. And yes. again, I think if you're watching it for the first time as an adult, I almost want to say there's more cynicism and a critical looking yeah. at it as well. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing, I think, because again, the bar has been set and Mm. we will always go back and judge other films uh, based on contemporary standards as well. Yeah, well, I think based on that, what you just said, I I think going in and viewing this film from a critical standpoint and comparing Mm. it intentionally or not to what we have now as superhero movies, I think most of it holds up and most of it is better Mm. than a lot of ones that they've certain studios have tried to do and, I, and I'll include Marvel in that because you know a couple mm. of they ha- Marvel haven't or hasn't always like nailed it with every movie they've done no um, I mean the MCU in, in particular but mo- I mean nine times out of ten they've knocked it out of the park but then you know you have your Fantastic Four attempts yep. and then some of the X-Men films are a bit shaky you know and then DC but I don't want to I feel like if I mention badness about DC I'm going to be evicted from this <laughs> no but, you're okay but, yeah, but, do you, yeah. but just in a general sense that's, yes. I feel like and this movie just really this lot of really good plot elements, character beats, lines, just yes. cinematography, even the effects, like, you yeah. know, they were mm. of, of their time, but ahead of the time at the time. Absolutely. So the, the film was awarded an Oscar for its effects as a special mm. yeah. achievement because it was so groundbreaking. Was, yes, so again, we're not talking computers, we're talking miniatures, models, yeah. blue screen, green screen, matte paintings. Yeah. All of these wonderful things. Yeah. And, you know, like I've said before when we've reviewed sci-fis and other films, I don't really care even if today I can see outlines or oh, I can yeah. see... The spaces. miniatures are so obvious now, yes. watching it now. Yeah, but, um, like, the miniatures do sort of lose you towards the, in the yeah. third yeah. act. Yeah, yeah. As we were panning over Krypton... Yes. All like, and they're doing this dramatic music panning over Krypton. I know, and it's just like this all tiny I could model, picture, All I could hear in my head was Camelot. Camelot, Camelot, it's only a model. Shh. 
Oh, okay. Python. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. interestingly enough, was what four years before this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I would like to um, suggest then, though, it is because this is you have raised an interesting point inadvertently. We can't talk about this today without talking about the Man of Steel and Justice League and yeah, the yes. new Superman movies. Well, the, the thing is, with this particular film, it has a huge legacy unto itself, mm. but it also influenced a number so of... Well, oh, it kind of yeah. influenced a lot of them. Definitely. Um, definitely throughout the 80s. If we want to yeah. look at the, I guess, the, the benchmarks mm. of... Mm comic book movies yeah. we would have to say that you know Batman in 66 yep. was there it showed mm-hmm. that comic book heroes and characters had popular culture reach yeah this film said you can still have fun with comic book movies but there's an element where you have to take it seriously and play it straight yeah. mm-hmm. and everyone else can have fun around you mm-hmm. then we had Burton's Batman in 89 yeah. mm-hmm. that said well, not all superheroes should be treated the same. Yeah. Batman is dark. We're doing this quite dark. Mm. And, you know, he followed that up with Batman Returns. Mm. Then those films sort of lost their way. <laughs> we had Brian Singer's X-Men, who said, yes. this is how you make a film. Yes. We had, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Spider-Man yes. This is how you make a film. Yeah. Nolan's films. And then the MCU kicked in. Yeah. So we're seeing all of these little benchmarks where I think they all develop onto one another yes but I what I think about Superman in 1978 is it was the first one to say you play it straight or at least the hero plays it straight Yeah. yeah it's a comic book we can have fun with this we've got a lot of fun in this film we've got a lot of comedy elements yes the villains are purposely over the top you yes. know what I mean and, but not to a campy degree no either. no yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah because I don't actually see these films as campy or at least no. the first two the first two yeah, yeah I don't see them as campy there's little camp elements in them but again that's all part of the fun but it doesn't take it to that extreme Mm. yes yeah so again like i think it redefined comic book movies and to some degree blockbusters as well yeah 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 yeah. yeah. it was still in the early ages of the blockbuster as a film like yeah yeah, because you know we had jaws three years before that that's right and then star wars a new hope was the year before yeah absolutely this is the dawn of that yeah so it was all about pouring money into these stories Mm. Mm -hmm. and this film in itself like the production (laughs) is infamous (laughs) in, in time so we won't necessarily talk about it I don't think because no, no, I feel like we could do a whole podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's ingrained I think in, in Hollywood that everyone really knows it yeah so no it's yeah it's essentially you know producers um, Ilya Salkine Alexander Salkine and Pierre Spengler who said we want to make this Superman movie we're spending lots of money on mm. making it credible because, again, mm. um, superhero movies, comic book movies were not credible. Mm. This mm. is why we have Marlon Brando as Jor-El getting yeah. paid mm-hmm. a huge amount. Yeah. Mm. We have Gene Hackman, who is a huge star, playing Lex Luthor. Mm. Um, Ned Beatty, who played Otis, was also quite well-known. But while we're on big names... yeah. Mario Puzo, Puzo, I'm not sure how to say it, Mar- wrote the movie. Yeah, Mario. The Godfather writer yeah. wrote the movie. Oh, that was shit. it. So, yeah. And, I did not know that. Yeah, so Mario Puzo wrote the original screenplay, which was hundreds and hundreds of pages long, essentially too big for one film. Yeah. And this leads us into Superman 2 territory. Uh, and yeah. essentially, that makes was, sense. we need to sort of chop this up. So, that treatment was then given to two writers, David and Leslie Newman. When Richard Donner was eventually hired to direct the film he's 
you know, loved the idea of the film. He was getting paid a million dollars, which was huge for him to film Superman essentially one and two back to back or simultaneously, really. Mm. And, you know, he went to um, his friend Tom Mankiewicz and essentially said, fix this. (laughs) And Tom Mankiewicz is credited as the creative consultant. And so he really just paired it all back. I think his reflections now will say essentially everything was not workable (laughs) Um, and wrote it from scratch. But uh, what Mankiewicz did was that he broke up the film into three distinctive parts, which I think we can all see. Yes. We've got, you know, the, the, the biblical operatic nature of Krypton. So, you know, Phil, as you've described with humor, but that's all to show the grand scope of this planet. Mm. Um, the language is in a certain way. We've got, you know, these Mm. amazing bright white costumes with the family crests on them and Mm. the shields on them. And if you wanted to, it sort of introduces the whole Christian motif that goes throughout the film. I don't know if you guys are aware of yeah, them or picked up yeah. on them, but there's plenty of them yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And this is where Superman gets that from. Mm-hmm. We still see it in Superman films today, but it originated here. Yes. yes. You know, so we've got that type of essence to it, yeah. I suppose. It's no accident that mm. out of the council, the only person who, or the leading person, who tries to discourage or refutes Jorel's warnings is a woman because biblically speaking, a woman is responsible for the fall of mankind. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when baby Kalel is put into the rocket, it looks like the star of Bethlehem yeah. going to earth and it just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So then when we hit Smallville, that's mm. really soft and sweet. And this is where we get to know Clark, I think. Yeah. And of course it needs to be there because it plants the seed for his decision in the final act as well. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so well written. I yeah. love that. Absolutely. Oh. And then once he hits Metropolis, Let's have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. have fun. Let's show this off. It's an entirely different movie at that point. Yeah, it, it does. Is, it, yeah. it changes gear, doesn't mm, yeah. it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And again, it just wants to show you we're in a different world. Mm. We're not on another planet and we're not in rural America. We are in the city. Yeah. And I want to say, start on my good points, bad points that I have for this. Yeah. Because, first and foremost, I actually feel this is exactly how you should do an origin. Mm. It. The origin part of this movie really only took up the first, what, third of the movie? Not even? Yeah, probably close to a third. It's hard for me to measure it because the film just sweeps by for me. Yeah. yeah. But really, only the first third. And that encompasses, as you say, both the Krypton era and his childhood. But in saying that, it also... I feel very poorly glances over so much. Yeah. It got, has, when he goes into the uh, Fortress of Solitude, oh um, my God. <laughs> you know, he just all of a sudden learns all this stuff. And I know they say, that's now 12 years later. Yes. So what, for 12 years he just fell off the face of the planet as far as everyone's concerned? Um, we never go back and see Aunt Martha again, really. Um, Does it need to, though? I, I just feel that that took me out a little bit, making it a bit... I know they've got an established mm. story to follow, yeah. but there were just certain bits to me that took me out of it and that includes a montage that wasn't a montage which is what I would call that learning sequence oh okay yeah the the summary of human is the fortress of solitude um the um fact that we have this character at the start where he when he's growing up 
yes, he's upset that he's not, can't be sporty, can't be mm. the cool guy and all that. But he is the cool guy in his own sort of way. It's just others can't see it, if that makes sense. Like the, Do you feel the, like there's that conflict within? There's that conflict within, but then we get to him in Metropolis and he's putting on this character of bumbling idiot that just doesn't feel like it's a character he's putting on to be... Oh, I'm, this is me as Clark Kent. I'm a bumbling idiot. Oh, this is me as Superman. I'm super confident. <laughs> I'm Superman. It, it just... The, the juxtaposition of the two, especially coming from his growing up days, doesn't connect, I yeah. don't feel. Um, I think, oh, I disagree. Yeah, Sorry, but go, yeah, Kendall, I was going to say... Yeah, 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 I was going to say... Um, well, based, okay, so the reason for that is, though, because he's in Metropolis and... He's there for a reason, just like, you know, Jonathan Kent said. I mean, he hasn't come out and shown himself as Superman yet, so mm. why would he be the bumbling Clark Kent? But the reason he's the bumbling Clark Kent is because, you know, a teenage him in Smallville is Superman, is mm. Kal-El, is the hero we see flying around saving everyone after he saves Lois Lane and all of that, that whole heroic montage thing happens, which is awesome. So it's part of the whole secret identity mm. thing, which is why he... You know, he, he does it here in Metropolis because people, no one knew him before he came to Metropolis. In like the people in Metropolis don't know Clark Kent from Smallville at all. He, so he could he could craft this alter ego for himself in order to be who he is when he's Superman. Because that was something that threw me as well. And to be honest, I in the animated versions, yeah, it always makes a lot more sense to me because he yeah he goes and trains, but while he's doing that, he's you know, like in Smallville, the, the, the TV show, he's got a journalist uh, thing going on. So he's getting this backup of... Now, again, I'm not saying I want to hear the, the mm. things of how did he become a journalist, but he drops off the face of the earth and then goes to Metropolis and gets a gig at the biggest journalism joint in town in America. How has he... You know, without any references, without any sort of backstory. To me, again, yes, I know it's a comic book movie and we're meant to suspend our disbelief, but going from that montage sequence where we see him fly off in his cape, mm. it just, that whole connection, that whole, oh, all of a sudden I can do this and I'm here. I almost, I actually almost feel, as much as I love these three sequences, mm. they don't feel connected enough to me. A bit segmented for you? Yeah, that's it. I, I almost wish I had a, you know, we, we didn't join him the first day of mm. his work. We joined him five years having worked as whatever. We join him after Superman's been a known thing for a while, or or something like that. If we're gonna have these almighty disjointed times mm -hmm. being segmented, then why not continue that trope? Why have all of a sudden this? He's here, and then yeah, similar issues right through that. This second, this third act. Hang on, before you go to the third yeah, act, yeah, just yeah. to pick you up on the whole. You know, I think it's important to have his big reveal when he has it. Yeah. If people know Superman exists, you lose the whole magic yeah. of Lois yeah. falling in love with him and being mm -hmm. taken by him, having this whole public swirl around him. Mm. I don't necessarily know that him exiting the Fortress of Solitude in his uniform for the very first time and then we snap into Metropolis, 
I don't necessarily think that's the next day. We don't know his age when yeah. he first reveals himself yeah, 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 as yeah. Superman. That's true. We know that he's, you know, as an infant, goes from Krypton to Smallville. We know he leaves Smallville at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. We know that he's finished his education of all the known universes, which does encompass knowing things about Earth as yes. well. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say in that 12-year education that he doesn't leave the fortress as yeah. well yes. to explore the outside world himself. Yeah. And we know that he does leave it, though, at the age of 30. But that's, that's not to say that when we hit Metropolis... He's still thirty. Yeah, know? and like, and that's and the the Daily Planet. Him, that that's just his first day there. Absolutely, he could have just come from another yes. job. I mean, I doubt Perry White would give Clark Kent yes. a go like this, giving him the city beat, Lois yeah. Lane's beat, <laughs> yeah. who mm. is on the front page, and she so beautifully says, "You know, I picture my name in the byline, little photo on the side, which always gets me in hysterics." Yeah, <laughs> it's great. And yeah. one thing that I love about this portrayal of Lois Lane as well is that she can't spell. It's so it's good. <laughs> It's such a good beat. They keep yeah. hitting with that, the spelling. I it's love it. It's a gorgeous recurring it's gag. It's so good. Yeah. But I just, I think with this, there's a lot of probably information that isn't shown. It sweeps mm. through it. Mm. But again, do we want an origin story that goes for one third of the film or do we want it to go for three quarters of the film? You no, know, I agree. You yeah. know. And this is where I say I'm torn because yeah. on one hand, the length of it is perfect. But mm. then it's like, I, I still want it to almost be... It, to me, it doesn't feel like a comic book movie, but it doesn't feel believable. It doesn't yeah. feel well, connected to the rest of the film. It's sort of, they've almost gone, hey, we're going to give you a very short um, origin story. You're going to enjoy that. But in doing so, we're just going to sort of fob this off. Maybe they yeah. just had to make certain sacrifices Maybe. for the better of, betterment of the story. I well, guess. I mean, Ash, you've seen the three-hour TV cuts. So yeah. You've seen additional scenes that they did cut out. I have my opinion, but I've spoken a lot so in your idea based on the stuff that's left out of the original theatrical cut so what they chose to leave on yeah. the cutting room floor does the film suffer for losing some of this footage in my opinion no yeah like um i mean obviously factually yes it does because there is pieces of the movie that are now missing mm. so you know kind of automatically you are but in my opinion no i, I reckon it's still still just as enjoyable to me, if not more so, in this form. Yeah, it's more taut, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it it's more like, yeah. it's more it polished and yeah. clean mm. and mm. like, yeah. And a lot of the scenes that were actually cut out to make it the theatrical cut did involve Krypton. Yeah. So mm. a lot of the demise of Krypton uh, was, was cut out. And I will also mention that this is my earliest memory of a film ever Mm. of watching it and the reason why i remember this is because i remember uh, mum putting it on for me while she (laughs) went off to to do housework and then the destruction of krypton came and it is loud and there's flashes of red and people are running everywhere Mm. and in the tv cut which is the one that i grew up watching it is long (laughs) (laughs) it is long and it's actually quite distressing i watched it again recently and I was actually distressed by it still. And I just remember calling from mum because it just terrified me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these just sort of add to what's already mm, there. The yeah, film yeah. does sweep through it in shorthand because it's an adventure. It yeah. does 
pause a little bit in that momentum. For example, I know that even fans of the film have the flight between with Superman and Lois with the <laughs> "Can you read my mind?" sequence. That's generally seen as the more the most negative element of the film for a oh, lot. I love of it. Funny you should say that. I yeah, for a lot of people, a lot of people do say that, and they do happen to be men who do say it. But <laughs> I thought it was adorable. But in saying, yeah, I like to just cuddle them both in I, that scene. The one thing that I like is, and you see it throughout the film if you look for it carefully enough, is that there are a lot of mirroring between mm. characters. So while we've got. Superman and Superman is the real identity. Clark is the alias, whereas mm. with most other superheroes, it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And again, Kendall, like you were saying before, Clark has learnt this. He knows he has to be. Mm. You know, he knows that he's got this greater purpose. But yeah. both Jonathan and Jor-el have essentially told him it's mm. not necessarily to show off in flight. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah, yeah, yeah. have to find the reason and what it is. The right moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So he knows his strength. So I think as a protection method, he does come across as bumbling. And it works. Just before Lois goes on a helicopter, she is absolutely fobbing him off. People are being rude to him in terms of catching yeah. the elevator. He wishes people good night. They totally ignore him. Yeah. And I feel almost like that Clark is comfortable in that yeah. in that space yeah. as well. Mm. He's been taught this. You know, even in high school, the only ones that really acknowledge him is Brad, the jock joke. <laughs> he likes to boss him around. And Lana, who is quite intrigued by him and yeah. is the only one who's quite kind to him. Yeah. And, you know, she sort of sees through all that. She's the one who's, I feel, always loved Clark for who he is. Regardless. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah you know? I agree. I agree. Can Whereas, you see her anywhere else? Oh, in Superman 3, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah. And it's interesting because she's always a good contrast with Lois because Lois falls in love with Superman. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And there's some great moments that touch up on that in the second film, Mm. but we'll stay on point with this one. Yeah. But yeah, but there is always, sorry, there is that mirroring. As I was saying, Clark is, you know, trying to be human, if you will. Yeah. And in that moment of, can you read my mind? Lois is equal to him. You know, she's Mm. flying. She's there. And I actually find it a sweet moment. I feel, yes, it does pause the film, but I find it a sweet moment. Yeah. 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 Ash, no, you're having it's, a... It's a very sweet moment. My heart. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was a good thing. Yeah, go for it. It was a good reaction. That was the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm glad to provide that for you. They're equal. Yeah. They're yeah, one. That's a really good analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that, and you'll notice... And they love each other. They do. You're okay. I suck. Tugged on my heartstrings. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> it's the sign. I'll get there. I'll it's okay. right. No, it's a sign of brilliant filmmaking and storytelling. Yes, <laughs> agreed. Yeah. So yeah. you saying earlier mm. about how it's, you know, a bit controversial, in the, especially in the DC fandom, people don't usually yeah. love that. It's, I do. Well... Yeah. yeah. Well, I do too. I mean, I yeah. love it. I adore I like it. it. I, I always like it have adored it. After Wayne's explanation. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. That was a really, it was a really beautiful, uh, yeah, analysis of that interpretation. Yeah. Loved it. Um, yeah, I really and I really love that scene. And I don't, I don't understand for me why that would get so much hate. I think it's really nice, and it is. You're right. Such a portrayal of them being equals, you know, in terms of their own experiences and with each other, and yeah. and I, I just and I think it's really beautiful and romantic and and nice and it's not and you know it's like Lois isn't the damsel yes. and she's you know she's just as curious about him as he is about her and yeah. and I and I love the 
the poetry in that with the, the score underneath yeah. as well. Lois, there's something I have to tell you. I'm really... Um, I mean, I, I was, uh, at first, really nervous about tonight. Uh, but then I decided, well, darn it, I was going to show you the time of your life. That's Clark, nice. I was thinking maybe we could go for a hamburger or whatever. So there's that moment where, you know, after the flight, he's about to reveal his true self, I suppose, to Lois. And you can see, you know, the body language, the voice, everything changes. Oh, so well acted and, yeah, as well. It's so sensitively done and quite beautiful. You see his conflict. You do. And it's contrasted with her being lost in this whimsy. Yeah. So there is the... <laughs> That's Clark Knight. <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that. yeah. Like, it is... It's absolutely gorgeous. We need these moments, I feel, because for him to defy... Jorel and to turn back time. Yeah. And again, for us to believe it, because yes, I know realistically you turn the earth the other way, <laughs> the <laughs> axis is different. Yeah. But again, how much time have we invested in this character? Mm. That reaction from Christopher Reeve when he goes through those stages of grief yeah. and he reaches anger and instead of progressing to the next step, he's like, No, no. No. I am angry. Yeah. yeah. I am Fixing this. I need to. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. It's linked to his father as well. Yeah. That love and loss of his father. Mm. Because again, he's thinking to himself, I am this incredibly strong person. I can save everyone. I've saved everyone. I've made all of these little pit stops to save because everyone is equal in terms of my service to humanity. Mm. But mm. this is the person who I truly love. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I love that moment when, you know, after he saves Jimmy and then yes. and he's like, it's okay, Miss Lane, are we driving by? And he doesn't even hear him. Yeah. You see him just keep going to yes. save, sorry, to save the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the, mm. the, the, the town from the, the, the yeah. from the floods, from the floods, and so, yeah, and the, and the aftershocks and things like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like, how is that for that conflict? I mean, Superman can't be everywhere at once. He exactly. can't save everybody, but exactly, this is even though this has been some time now since that first night, he's still learning. Mm. You know, he's open about his weaknesses. Yeah, mm. even with Lex. He still engages in conversation and almost shows this trust, if you will. He thinks we're playing on the same page, almost. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. entertains Lex almost, whereas the detonator, he believes there really is one. <laughs> because he's told so. Um, you know, he falls for a trick that's probably quite easy. Of course, Superman yeah. has no idea what kryptonite is. Lex yeah. essentially creates it, or, you know, by yeah. naming it. Yeah. And... You know, he's still begging for support, trying to get some humanity, a sense of human contact with Lex. But we know it's not there. Mm. There is that brilliant moment, which we all acknowledged, when Mr. Smarco says, well, my mother lives in, in Hackensack, which is where the other missile mm. is going. Is going. Yeah. He looks at his watch, just shakes his oh, head man. and moves on. Yeah. And then she's conflicted. I've never yeah. been so angry at a character in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Smucker oh, there is, is redeemed. So again, if we want to talk about the Christian motives, yeah. she's redeemed. She's helping in that resurrection. Yeah, she's, note that she wasn't taken to prison. She was not taken to prison, no, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, she, again, is sort of forgiven of all sins. Yes. And if we will, Lois, who believes in Superman, loves him, is devoted, is the one who is rewarded for her faith yeah. by 
an everlasting life, if you will, a resurrection of her own mm. yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 I always yeah, like yeah. to link that to the child who gets her cat saved from the tree as well. She's the one who... Was the cat named Frisky or something? Frisky, Frisky yeah. yeah. Who, who res- you know, Superman rescues Frisky. She goes is really excited. She's believed in something that doesn't seem real. And for her innocence and belief, she's punished for it. Yeah, so yeah. all of these gorgeous motifs of really believing in this man are throughout the film. Yeah. The first line of this movie is, this is no fantasy. Mm. And there are links to this is real Superman himself. Yeah. Peter Pan was in fairy tales. Yeah. Like children. This isn't about children. Yeah. Um, I think Ashley had a bit of a chuckle with the newspapers being slammed down. Look, Ma, no wires. Yeah. 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 That beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. tongue in cheek. It's, so yeah. It's, it's like not disowning what it's doing, but it really wants you to believe. And again, this is why at the very beginning I'm invested in it and I accept absolutely everything. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. One thing that I've always said is that if the film ends with Superman leaving the Fortress of Solitude, so the very first time we see Chris Reeve in that beautiful costume mm. and does the fly out of the Fortress of Solitude, if the film ended there, I would be a very happy man because what he does in that one moment is capture everything about Superman for me. And that's magic. And the fact that we get him for a whole lot of movie is a bonus for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. So in terms of the casting itself, much was made into it, much investment of money. The look for the perfect Superman was yeah. there. Yeah. How did we feel about the casting? How did we feel about the portrayals? Great, yeah. great, great, great. In great. terms of Superman, I think he was perfect. Mm. Um, I love the fact that... Regardless, regardless of how far I feel the the disconnect between Clark and Superman is, mm. I think that for what they're going for, Christopher Reeve was perfect. Mm-hmm. I think Lois Lane was great. Um, Jimmy was great. Even the henchman was great. Do you mean Otis? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Otis is beautiful, isn't he? Yeah. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Otis. We're, we're all a little bit Otis, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Just fumbling through it. So we look at our chewing gum wrappers trying to find, find the, the secrets, secrets of, of the universe. universe. <laughs> I think the person that annoyed me the absolute most in this movie yeah. was the guy playing Lex Luthor. Oh, so Gene Hackney. Yeah. Really? So it is very much the, you know, moustache twirling villain. Yeah. 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 And, and for me, that's not... <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a Batman villain. Yeah. That is, for me... And again, you've got to remember, I'm taking this from a contemporary view where I've seen the animated stuff. I've read mm-hmm. the comics. I've seen Superman. I've seen Lex Luthor. Yeah. Lex Luthor is... A human millionaire, Mm -hmm. he actually is seen in the world, and this is even true of the old comics, of the stuff that would have preceded this movie. Mm. He was accepted in the business world. He was seen as someone, he was seen as a multi-billionaire. That's correct. And to be honest, he was evil in the sense that he would do nasty things, but closer to a... What is it, Potter from It's a One Wonderful Life? Um, the the old the old the old guy money lender. Okay. Essentially, yeah, he would buy up people's land when they were in mm. the the worst of places for cheap. Yes. Um, he would do really just horrid stuff. 
And he always wanted that world domination, but it wasn't until Superman came along that he turned into insane criminal. Mm. Because before that, he was just a politician, a businessman that had big aspirations. And then it was this idea of Superman being all perfect and the all-American man boy and the... Lex Luthor just couldn't deal with that. So to now have him in the sewers or the underground... Yeah, the underground uh, sort of old railway... Yeah, old railway. Um, this sort of person that's not really taken seriously, this... You don't or, think he's taken seriously? Oh, well, I, I feel he... You know, everyone's sort of scared of him, but as this sort of Joker-esque villain, maybe, or this... What they portrayed, I see in coming, stepping out of um, uh, Adam West's Batman. Not Lex Luthor, businessman, turn mm. evil. I think Lex is always more of a threat, if you will, when he is in the public eye as a businessman. Yeah. Which, mm. For example, we see in Lois and Clark in that old yeah. TV series, because he has to be more careful yeah. because he's got other people manipulating. So this one is an interesting take of him being this mega criminal mastermind or so he says. The yeah. ego is absolutely yeah. there. His whole gang consists of two people. Yeah. <laughs> you know. and, and to me, for the very first version of Superman, mm. I think that's a major disservice. So the so, first, sorry, for the first to the broad audience, the public. Uh, Superman, uh, Superman on this Superman level. On this level. Oh, you mean in terms of to, blockbuster? Yeah. To go. You know what? We're going to try a different take on. Like, so to me, it's a major disservice that that you get the right to play with different versions of characters when those characters have been established for a while. You, I don't think um, no. And again, this is this is being very mm. purist and very elitist. I get that, but <laughs> I don't think uh, Nolan would have had the right to do his version of Batman if it hadn't been for. Uh, Burton? Burton, Tim Burton's version. Because Tim Burton took the comics and brought them to life. And on top of that, as you said earlier, um, the 66 Batman, mm. Adam West's Batman, Burton wouldn't have been able to do that if it hadn't been for what many see as a very true representation of the comic books in Batman. Yeah, I think I can accept variations to comic book stories because these characters change over time they do. in the book. So I don't think the medium should matter. And I'm a huge fan of the Burton films. Me and too. Burton's Batman is actually still my favourite yeah. Batman Me too, movie. yeah. <laughs> it is also one of the most unfaithful, if you will, to the genesis of Batman in yeah, terms of... Yeah how Batman comes to be, yeah, yeah. his relationship with the Joker, all of these things. And I treat Burton's Batman film almost like as an Elseworlds <laughs> movie, as we have in comic books and in the animated films as well. So I think to sort of play around with Lex didn't really bother me that much. Mm. Again, I do prefer him as a businessman being in the public eye. And it's like that, you know, Superman knows but can't really do much because Superman yeah. plays by the rules. I feel like the stakes are higher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hackman just does such a great job with this. He's got some great actors alongside him as well who just create this menace, Yeah. I guess, by default. I mean, we're introduced to three villains at the very beginning of the film who we won't see until part two again. Yeah. But... 
you know, that's the three bad guys, if you will, that his father Jor-El had to deal with. Superman now has his own three villains mm. to to deal with on a totally different level, of course. Yeah. And, you know, can touch the humanity of one of them. Two yeah. males and a female as well. Absolutely. Mm. Both of them, yeah. Yeah, that's mm. right. yeah. Uh, I get why, you know, obviously as a DC purist and, mm. you know, your opinion on that and how he should have been portrayed for the first time seeing him on that scale. But I think... It's he, Gene Hackman, in this role, as it was written, serves the purposes perfectly for the plot and the story and what the movie is. And his portrayal, even though Lex is more of the moustache twirly, as we said, is spot on, perfect. Every line is delivered exceptionally well. Like it's it's so it's so good. He's so believable as Lex Luthor, yes. and I think the casting was perfect. Yeah, I mean it's with I'll agree with that. it's yeah. with that you know the the Gene Hackman chuckle um, is evil <laughs> oh, when it's it wants so to good, be, isn't it? You know, yeah. and that moment when he realizes what Miss Desmarco has done and that beautiful walk up to camera and he shouts her name. Yeah, it Ms. is Desmarco. just terrifying. Can I just say that to a little Easter egg for I mean, do you watch Supergirl Wayne? I can't remember we just discussed this. Um, I've only seen the first season. Okay, that's yeah. right. They have now introduced a character whose surname is Tessmarker. Hey. As a little nod to the movie. That is beautiful. And she's called they call they call you know they call they don't yell it out like that, but they say Miss Tessmarker, like can you you know blah blah blah. That's brilliant. And I think it's amazing. One of the things that I discovered quite randomly, so I always look for it now in terms of Miss Desmarco you know when they lay out the alternative map or the new yeah. the mm-hmm. new coastline yes. and all of those wonderful things and poor Otis wants Otis his own Berg. and do you know um, how he says that Miss Desmarco has her own place yeah mm-hmm. did yeah. any of you um, pick up what her place is called no I, I never it, I missed it I never I never ever see it yeah it's actually called Tesmarco Peaks and the illustration are two mountains because a lot of attention is on Mr. Tesmarco's chest yeah. so I think well, that's actually that quite might have been no, the first thing I noticed about her <laughs> well literally the first she's wearing outfit, like this <laughs> the first outfit she wears is that glorious like silver yeah. cape thing yeah. but then you see her chest and it's like absolutely cleavage for days yes. like yeah and then when she call that cleavage I was having this debate in my head I'm like is that cleavage or her, are her boobs just out <laughs> they were just out like, treading that like fine that. line like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then of course we come full circle at the very end because when she saves Superman and has to jump in water she's wearing white yeah, <laughs> yeah I know I saw that too also to answer that question it's called boobage <laughs> boobage it's when, it's when you your boobs are all butt out but they're still covered the nipples are still covered boobage <laughs> boobage um I do want to say after all of this hmm. that it sounds like I'm just shitting on this film because the thing no, is, no, though, no. the not, irony no, not is, at all. I, as I said at the start, this is how a, a yeah. comic book movie should be done, which I think is why I'm so hypercritical of it yeah. because I do actually enjoy it so much. Hmm. That whole third act, I think, is perfect. It's hmm. what I've been saying about you know what I feel a lot of movies, comic movies do get wrong. It actually just takes a simple story. Yes. It doesn't sit there and try to build world or build yeah. this legacy or build this. It's just a nice, simple, contained story. Mm. Evil villain doing evil thing. Yes. Good guy goes fixes it. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Whereas a lot of other um, superhero movies, and again, that's why I say mm. Marvel have it's done such a great job. Me, yeah. I've said this before. Marvel mm. have done such a great job because yes. 
they've had self-contained stories that yeah do link into everything else but then they, they yes. can be that's all we get so that's all you see and it's fine well most of them you most know. of them yeah, yeah. I mean, not including things like you know the, the Avenger movies yes. but again they've earned those through well they've got that sort of build up of legacy don't they yeah. Course, yeah. Yes. yeah this Superman movie mm. just takes a simple comic book story and puts it to the silver screen where Yes, other movies do that, but they try to do it in a far too complex manner. Um, that's why, again, I prefer Dark Knight over um, the the first and third of the Nolan verse. Oh, but Batman Begins because it was a standalone movie, not trying to be more than itself. Mm. Essentially, this movie, because it just does a nice comic book thing, it's nice, it's wholesome, Mm -hmm. it is bright. And that, um, you know, again, that's what I think um, The Man of Steel. And originally they were going to. They filmed it in a very bright manner and then dulled it down in post to make it that grittier sort of thing. But but, uh, Superman is always meant to be bright. He's always meant to be uh, patriotic. Yes, yes, yes. And well, it reflects that good nature, doesn't he? Because it does. he mm. is, as is said in Superman 2, you know, the big boy scout. He's the ultimate boy scout, mm. isn't he? Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it is sort of shining that bright comic book palette yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whereas Henry, yeah. Henry Cavill's just dark and broody the whole time. Yeah, and the, what, I mean, I, and I think I think going he's on really that, not. I think just on this subject, I'm sorry. There is a juxtaposition between Henry Cavill and the world around him. He is the brightness in the dark. Yes. <laughs> if you can actually see it, like his suit is a brighter shade than everything yeah, 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 else yeah, around. Yeah, 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 it is, it is. He, it, like that's that's why they've made it darker. Yeah. So that he can actually be a symbol the yeah. whole for the whole movie. Yeah, but he doesn't. He does not exude the same char- charisma and charm and truth, justice, and American way that Christopher Reeve. But he's way better looking. But in saying <laughs> in saying this though, again with Superman, you're right. It is all about symbolism and what what, mm. the, sim- what the symbols are. And I think that this particular film does set that in motion. Its legacy can still be seen in DC, I think. So essentially, you know, this film was was shot simultaneously with Superman 2 because of production costs, it had to be halted. So this film, whilst it is self-contained, it plants the seed for Superman 2. Yeah, It does. Oh, yeah, yeah, it totally does. In an absolute big way. Superman 3 then will also link to it. And Superman 4 pays a lot of homages to this one as well. It does, yes. And when we sidestep to Supergirl, same thing. It is still linked oh, yeah. to yeah, it definitely. as well. When we come to Superman Returns, Superman Returns is the alternative sequel to Superman 2. So some people who may not have seen Superman 2 might be a bit confused about things, i.e. how does Superman have a son and so forth. <laughs> That's told in Superman 2. Mm. You know, all these years earlier yeah. as well yeah, yeah, yeah superman returns is i think one of the biggest budget fan films ever made <laughs> and me, even though i'm generally not a fan of fan films i am a big fan of that one yeah. but again we see this you know richard donner film legacy of course floating into it and yeah, as right. an alternative sequel there's a lot of homages to it as well the response to superman returns wasn't so great which i think is unfortunate i'm a big fan of it mm. and we had that genteel version of Superman this good guy and again this love with Lois and the conflicts because in this film she's moved on yeah exactly so we don't get an 
a sequel to Superman Returns. No. And the audience is telling us, we don't want wholesome. We don't want cute. We don't want good. So then DC deliver the alternative. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they deliver it with Batman, which is acceptable because Batman is dark and brooding. Yes. But they're like, well, this is what you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Superman then follows suit. Yeah, yeah. What I think is lovely is that him having this sort of brightness to him and this wonderful emotion. I'm a big fan of Henry Cavill as well. And I love his portrayal yeah. of Superman. Um, he's I the do. ultimate mama's boy. I do. <laughs> he is. He is. I do, yeah. I do yeah. to yeah. a degree, but I have a lot of problems with him yeah. as well. But yeah. I think, once again, we've got, <laughs> you know, we've got the legacy of this film still filtering through mm-hmm. to DC. Mm-hmm. The speech that Jonathan Kent gives Clark Kent yes. when they're walking and he's got his arm around him, it's yes. the, you, you are, are here for a reason. reason. It's so good. Yeah. Right up until he starts talking about football... That's the same speech from Man of Steel. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Word for word? Yeah, there, there's like a couple of little lines that yeah. aren't in Man of Steel that are in there. But the same. The oh. bits that are the same are word for word. Wow. Yeah. See, that's, that's something cool. that I've not even really thought and about. Th- th- that happens a few times in the movie as well. Yeah. Like, there are other lines that I'm like, that's in Man of Steel. Well, there's also as well. in Justice League... I think, and uh, there's a there's the scene. Okay, so the scene where um, in Justice League when um, Clark comes back, but we know he comes back because yeah. everyone knows Justice League. Um, but yeah, he comes back, and there's a, there's a specific shot where he's wearing the red flannel flannel jacket, yeah, yeah. and Lois approaches him, and they're standing in a cornfield, and then when mm-hmm. and then I'm like, that is a direct reference yeah. to <laughs> 1978 Superman because we were watching it, and then it came up, but it was Martha Kent in the cornfield, and he's wearing the the jacket. I was like, that's okay, that's really nice. So did we notice one of the significant um, moments in the Wonder Woman film that pays homage yes, to Superman? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes the mugging scene. The alleyway scene. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's spot on homage. Like, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Again, it's beautifully done. And I think contemporary movies in the comic book genre owe a lot to this film. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, sure, they do. You know, I think it's, for me, it's the perfect comic book movie because it yeah. does entail an origin yes. we've got a character that we can relate to and this is all and this can be difficult because he's an alien with superpowers yeah. yeah not us yeah but we can relate to him because he shows such beautiful range of emotion what a wonderful depiction of masculinity mm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. he cries he gets angry he's strong he's vulnerable yeah. he likes pink all of these little things, like what a wonderful role model yeah. for yeah. especially little boys to look up to. Mm. And whilst it's perhaps a bit daggy now to mm. go truth, justice, and the American way, yeah. <laughs> <they're> <laughs> I- but they're ideals, I guess, of goodness yeah. in terms of a way that can benefit others. At least the ideals are, again, are cynical times and (laughs) truth um, says otherwise. And I do like that even Lois, you know, sort of acknowledges that, you know, you're going to be fighting every elected official. But Superman believes in the system. Mm. You know, he's here for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that that is the epitome of goodness. Mm. I know that I always like villains in movies. And I'll be honest, I became a Batman fan through the villains. I was a fan of the villains before Batman himself because yeah. they looked like yeah. so much fun. I can, I can oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in Superman 2, when we've got super villains, 
um, running amok. They're a lot of fun to watch as oh, well. Yeah. But there is this one moment in Superman 2, and sorry to go to a film that not everyone has seen, mm-hmm. but there is this one moment when this metallic structure is falling down on the streets of Metropolis, and there's the cliched woman with her baby and freaking out because her baby's going to get squashed. Mm-hmm. And Superman just comes, sweeps by, collects it, flies off, and she just looks at him, waves, and says, Thank you. And that beautiful expression on Chris Reed's mm-hmm. face as Superman of just a you're welcome is the epitome of goodness yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that me even as an adult goes that's something I can strive for yeah yeah and you see that in this movie yeah too, absolutely yeah. yeah he just exudes this it's he really does. it's beautiful personification yeah really. I think so too and I think even that moment in the helicopter sequence with Lois I'm, I've seen this film 40 billion times I watch it at least once a year mm-hmm. I was on the edge of my seat still yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's and gripping again it's just the sign of a gorgeous of She's a gorgeous so narrative stupid why did she undo her seat belt to climb out to climb why? out why because you weren't, was, she wasn't going to be able to. What on earth made her think she could? The but, thing's on its side, hanging off the side of yeah, the well, building. Hang on, the hang on. You start I, moving, I, I, then you're I, going to start jigging around. I'm going to have to and agree with fall. Lois for a second here because it's all well and good to say that sitting in the company of your seat, yes. but you being in a helicopter <laughs> that's falling. I'm dying. <laughs> that's what's happening to me. And I, I think you would try anything. You're not just going to say, well, that was fun. You're going to go, oh, well, the. There's a chance. It's like that scene in Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) But this is the thing. Did the sequence in the alleyway not tell us anything about Lois, though? Yeah, yeah. Is she passive? No No way. (laughs) She's independent. She'll fight for herself. I refuse to accept Lois as a damsel in distress. I agree. You know, I refuse. She gets herself in trouble and... Most of the time she tries to get out of it herself. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's just in her nature. She's like, I'm not just sitting here. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to climb out. And it gave us such a fantastic sequence, yeah. I think. Mm. Yes, yeah. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. That took me out of it completely. Like, you're such an idiot. Why would you undo this? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, if you want someone to sort of agree, but only sort of. The ending. <laughs> the ending. Okay, the ending. You specifically said when we were watching it, why don't you just open the door and get out of the car? Yep. I would argue, while I can see that and go, oh yeah, she probably could have. I would argue she would have been maybe paralyzed with fear and then just didn't leave the car. Like, the, um, oh, or okay. it happened quite quickly too. Like, yeah. the, the, the crack in the earth coming up yeah. behind the car. Yeah, but I have a bigger problem with that. Yeah. If I'm hanging off the side of a building, I'm probably going to be <laughs> shitting myself harder than if I'm in a hole in the ground. Well, I'm yeah, gonna... that too. Yeah. I've got a bigger problem with the whole crack in the ground thing. And again, someone might be able to explain it to me, but... How is it that when his reverse yeah, time, yeah, 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 I yeah. was waiting for the someone crack to crack didn't happen Happened. a second time. Yes, he didn't unless the, he unless he off screen off camera stopped that part of the earthquake as well. Well, he would have had to because even yeah. reversing time and letting it be, she still would have died. Yeah, the, the no, noose still head, would have hit. My, in, What I thought it was mm. is that. He was going to reverse time and then come down, swoop down. So there would essentially, in for that moment, be two versions of Superman. No, no, no. Because what well, what happened? What happened was like he he arrives there at the exact moment when you know she's trying to get the car to turn over and the fuel lights on, mm. and that was about five seconds before the crack yeah. happened. So that so there's he's come in and gotten her there, so she wouldn't have still died because he would have got her out in time. But it is I agree with you in the fact that it's weird that yeah. So obviously off screen yeah. fixing he's fixed something. So he's and then of course because um, you know Jimmy Olsen comes yeah, right like up the whole that. destruction didn't yeah. happen again yeah, yeah. Like so he did he would have he would have done it 
and then done everything else faster. This is to, why to we get don't there play with time travel. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you see what I mean? You, you kind of I refuse to... to accept that from you, Philip, as, a, yeah. <laughs> as the ultimate sci-fi fan Look, here. I if you're going to play with time travel, you it. need to think a lot stronger about but it do you than know, what But do you know happened. what I mean? I feel like it's easy enough to whistle past it yeah, and, yeah. and to rationalise it in your yeah. head. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry, Phil. Are there spoons here for us to spoon feed you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> a nuke. Yeah. Close enough for Jimmy Olsen to be able to see it, but not close enough for the radioactive fallout to wipe him off the face of the planet? That's how nuclear bombs work. I'm sorry. Have you not sort of seen the the size of those clouds? He could see that thing from space. (laughs) (laughs) So I think Jimmy being at a safe distance could still see it, I think. It would have reverberated around the Earth if it was that big. (laughs) I don't know, I think it's fine. It's, it's fine. It absolutely is. And Christopher Reeve's just really dreamy, and I just wanted to talk about how dreamy he is. <laughs> no, I mean, he is, again, he is um, aesthetic perfection. Oh, yeah. Um, he is yeah. the, and always will be the ultimate Superman for me. Yes. Um, there is, he is flawless in this film, especially. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things as well, just to talk about, as well, what helps that performance is John Williams' score. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Best score of all time. My favourite score in it any film ever. Is that opening. My God. That opening. Yeah. Like, it's so... It is just so oh. beautifully dramatic as we float it's through really space. Mm. And it's just, so good. And how great is it building that anticipation before we yeah. see Superman for the first time. We know he's going to, you know, unveil... And we have that great gag with the phone box because back in the day he used to change in a phone box and he sort of looks it up and down and was like, no. So good, yes. Revolving doors. And again, to show how beautiful and pure Superman is, and this is just something that I've recently discussed with other fans, is the first person to see Superman is a pimp and his prostitutes. And that's a bad outfit, man. That's a bad outfit. And how does Superman acknowledge him? Excuse me, yeah. with the utmost manners and respect. Yeah. Has this Perfect. person, have these prostitutes ever been that respected by an authority figure before? Again, it's little moments like this that exude the beauty and brilliance and goodness that Superman as a character is. Yeah, and it's yeah. embodied by Christopher Reeve oh, yeah. under the stellar direction of Richard Donner. Oh, Richard Donner's and so good. It's yeah, yeah, an incredible piece. Oh, so, yeah. again, for me, it is the most perfect of comic book films. Yes. But Ash, your final thoughts and a score out of five. Final thoughts and a score out of five. Well, I can start with my score. It would definitely be a 4.5 out of five. It's just dumb. There, there are a few things that don't really hold up. It is a 30-year-old movie. we got to remember that. 40-year-old movie. 40? Yeah, oh, yeah. 40 Far now. out. We're yeah. 2018, not 2008. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man comes out soon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's a very good movie. There are a few tiny plot holes. I'm not going to discuss them because everybody's going to debunk them or at least try to. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking at us, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like casting was well casted, uh, performed well, directed well, written well, scored well, and my personal score, 4.5 out of 5. Excellent. Thanks. And Kendall, your final thoughts and a score out of five. My final thoughts and a score out of five. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, I think I've, just to kind of surmise everything I've said, just, yeah, still it holds up as, as just a great origin story for a superhero for, and a good comic book movie, a good solid way to 
um, introduce reintroduce Superman to uh, effectively, I guess, would have been a new generation at the yeah, time, I think so. mm. a main more mainstream audience. You know, yeah. having that comic book crossover into the mainstream, exceptionally well done. Um, yes, I will agree with Ashley. Obviously, little tiny it, it bits, plot elements, and and obviously the effects don't hold up. But that's it's because it's forty years ago. Um, but I adore it. Uh, everything about this movie, like it's just so like it, the cast is on point. The writing, the writing is so good, and I think deserves more mm. credit mm. than what very it, well written. Very, yeah, watching this now, uh, you know, I'm 30 years old now, and I'm just like, you know, I've got all that experience from the first time I saw it when I would have been like five or six or whatever, yeah. you know. And then viewing it as an adult and criti- and critically as well is is wonderful and. Um, gives you a good perspective on this film and I just I, I adore it I adore it through and through so I will give it I, I guess I'd probably give it a 4.5 as well a bit of 5 beautiful and Excellent. Philip your final thoughts and score out of 5 um, I would say regardless of all the smack I've given it yeah I think it's the perfect uh, comic book movie yeah. I th- feel that it hits all the points that it needs to hit Again, I'm only so hypercritical of it because it is so good. Yeah. Something that is so good means that when there is something that shines out, it shines out, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Of course. Um, so I definitely think this is a 4.5. Just a little bit of aging starting to happen, getting a little uh, frayed around the edges. And a couple of points which I think... Again, as I said, took me out a little tiny bit, but again, I would have to say still that if you want to do a superhero movie, watch this first. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Well, as for myself, bringing it to people who had seen it through childhood and those experiencing it for the first time, it's no surprise I absolutely love this movie. (laughs) And once again, for me, when I'm lost in a world, when I believe in what I'm seeing and I believe in the characters that are unfolding and their narrative, their story, I am there. I am with them all the way and totally invested. Superman is the embodiment of good here. Lex Luthor is the embodiment of evil. And there's a lot of wonderful characters in between. The film balances humor and heart. Action adventure it knows when to just pause that a little bit because it cares about its characters Mm. the thing that this film does that i think a few current films aren't doing as successfully in terms of superhero films is that the superhero is played straight and everyone else can Mm. sort of have fun around and make it a bit more comedic and camp if they will but the reason why I think Christopher Reeve is the greatest Superman and the greatest superhero portrayal is he plays it straight. Mm. And he never broke character. No, no, <laughs> and no, no, it no. is just beautifully done. Yeah. Um, instead of talking for another hour as to why I think the film is perfect, <laughs> why the casting is spot on, why it's beautifully framed, why the colour yeah. palette is gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. why the score is just absolutely oh, divine, so I will just say... Five out of five. (laughs) Well said. So, Philip, what do you have in store for us next time? Well. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to keep us hovering around a similar era and take the line from the movie uh, Look Ma, No Strings and reattach the strings. (laughs) I am going to bring to the table... 
Thunderbirds are go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my god! Sorry, Ash has lost guys. his mind. Absolutely, I love Thunderbirds so <laughs> much. Thunderbirds are great. Yeah. yeah, I like the series. The film, you and I will disagree, my friend. <laughs> so it'll be interesting seeing it again. Are you thinking the marionettes from back in the day, yeah. the feature film? Yep. Yes, I am oh, thinking wow. that. There we go. Oh, there yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was a film, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying he doesn't like it. Watch yeah. it. Oh. Uh, and, I, and I'm someone who actually likes the series, the yeah, Marionette series. Uh, I know that, there's, that there were two Thunderbirds films from back yep. in the day, but yes. I haven't seen the Thunderbirds second one. Thunderbirds I Go and Thunderbirds 6. Yes, which, I haven't seen one? Thunderbirds 6. Oh, I've, Thunderbirds I Go. That's yes, yeah. that's the one that I've seen. So I'm actually looking forward to watching it again because <laughs> I'm hoping now that my expectations aren't that high <laughs> that it will <laughs> surprise me and delight me. Beautifully. Excellent. So that's a great choice, Phil. That is yeah, a great absolutely. Choice. And I like that we're still staying in sci fi. Yeah. Yeah, good. And of course, our listeners, if there's a film that you'd like us to review, drop us a line at facebook.com forward slash for the alien productions yeah. or comment on SoundCloud. So with that, I've been a Wayne Stellini. I've been a Philip Hunting. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And I've been an Ashley Hall. And, and you've, you've just, just experienced, experienced Fred Watch. Watch. You music. <laughs> Don't encourage him, Kendall. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> 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 <laughs>